Welcome to PCTY Talks, a new podcast from the human capital management software provider, Paylocity. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson, and as an HR program manager at Paylocity, I will be navigating our journey together as we explore bite-sized topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, diversity and inclusion, and product knowledge. If you have an idea for a future podcast topic, please drop me a note at PCTYTalks at Paylocity.com. On today's episode, we're going to do things a little differently. We're going to have an AMA-style episode on all things COVID, returning to work, and the new normal. I've asked three different presenters to join me today, Corinne Tyrone, our Director of Government Relations, Kate Grimaldi, our Director of Human Resources, and Christine Polini, the Senior Director working in Product and Technology. So with a warm welcome, I thank all of them for joining me today. Christine, let's go ahead and start with you. Uh, I think you are uniquely positioned to share some details about actually how our product can support um, our clients during this time. And I would say those that are listening that don't have a Paylocity product, um, there's definitely nuggets in here that you can utilize um, and implement in your own organization. So with that being said, what Paylocity resources can help the clients screen employees for um, coronavirus? Yeah, as we started to think about that, the our product suite is uniquely positioned to help customers from an engagement perspective and from a screening perspective. We've got some functionality in our survey product that all of our current customers have that enables folks to be able to send out a mass survey to all employees. We recently added a template called the COVID-19 symptom check that is really geared towards questions that we've gleaned from a number of resources um, and best in practice type questions around the symptoms that an employee maybe have been exposed to. The template can be customized. Folks can add their own questions if they've got industry-specific stuff that they need to be asking. Um, and then to make it even easier, there are functional- there's functionality in that product that allows you to be able to schedule those surveys to automatically launch each day and run reports with the results of those. So you can see that in aggregate and manage your workforce based on the responses to those surveys. Um, in addition to surveys, we've got Um, A lot going on in our TLM space. One of the bright spots coming out of this is it has enabled us to innovate quite a bit and react to what our customers need. Um, And largely, we heard customers asking for better solutions for attestation and and screening um, as the pandemic started. And when we think about that, we... um, The functionality that we have related to attestation really allows folks to get into... um, asking custom questions so an employer can set up whatever questions they want to ask and when an employee goes to prompt in or prompt out or or clock out um, depending on the options that the employer's chosen they can ask questions related to have you had a temperature today or have you been exposed to somebody that has been um, diagnosed with covid and based on the answer to those questions the product will send a note to their supervisor saying, hey, this person was rejected from punching in because they answered affirmatively to having a temperature, please contact them or whatever note you would like that to say um, based on the answers to those questions. Today, that's available in our kiosk product as well as in our mobile clock-in. And it's coming really soon to the portal for folks that punch in through the portal. Um, The last piece that I'd mention is that um, with change comes in a 
comes innovation and we've started to look at options for um, additional time clocks that'll support some advanced functionality such as thermal temperature scanning, voice command and face recognition. We're not just there yet in terms of being able to share the details around when exactly that's coming, but it's in the works and should have a little bit more share in a few weeks. So cool to see that we're exploring that. Um, the next question I have for you has to do with our community tool. How can clients use community to keep employees informed and help them find resources during this time? Community is one of those tools that um, really en enables you to be able to communicate with the entirety of your workforce. Largely today, if you had to do that, you'd use email. Um, and it's really hard to see what somebody's reaction is to something that's happened or to know who actually read that note. Um, with community, we've got some functionality like uh, announcements that enable you to set to send information broadly throughout your group. You can choose to set up groups within community and target those announcements to, into, to a subset of your organization or, to, or send it to the, to the broad base of the entire org. And when you're sending that announcement, you can do things that are not just text-based or um, informational. You can, send, you can set up videos so you can send a personal message about what's going on. We've seen that be wildly successful across a number of our customers who've chosen to record videos um, and have their employees engage in um, the information that they're trying to disseminate. Additionally, um, you can attach documents. So if there's an important piece of information you want out there, you can um, put that in an announcement or post within the community. What really makes it powerful though, isn't just the ability to communicate, it's the ability to see and understand how people are engaging with it. So for announcements, you can see how many people in your organization have viewed those. Um, and for overall engagement, you can take a look at the utilization dashboard um, that's in our product that'll show you how folks are engaging, how many people are visiting community, how many people are reading some of the announcements, how many people are reacting, commenting on those announcements to show, um, to ask questions or to get clarity about what's going on. Um, it really starts to open up a two-way dialogue that enables you to be able to better manage your workforce. Christine, thank you so much for that information about product. Community is one of my actual favorite features of our tool. Um, the videos that we see from our executive team definitely keeps us informed. So, Corinne, I want to move on to you now um, and think about a couple things from a compliance perspective. So, first question is, how can businesses stay informed as to what is being required of them related to COVID-19 and reopening? That's a great question, Sherry. And employers need to be mindful of requirements at the state and local level as well as the guidance that has been provided at the federal level. Most states and local governments have pages that are de dedicated specifically to COVID-19. Um, I would definitely recommend that employers should re review those resources regularly for updates on reopening timeframes, as well as the guidelines that they need to abide by. I would also advise checking with websites like CDC, OSHA, and state public health departments and state OSHA websites. Another really great resource is um, business associations, like state local chambers of commerce and trade and industry associations. They may also have resources available that would help employers in those sectors navigate reopening, particularly if there are specific considerations that those industries need to be thinking about. A lot of good information there. Um, I know something else that, that people are dealing with, and we've had a lot of questions around, is contact tracing. 
So when you think about contract tracing, how do you do that as an employer and also protect employees' HIPAA information? And additionally, how does that apply to OSHA exposure reporting requirements? So I think um, kind of to step back and set some context, employers have been engaged in varying levels of contact tracing since the start of the COVID-19 emergency. At a high level, contact tracing involves identifying individuals that may have been in close contact with a person who tested positive for COVID-19 and just informing those people that have been in close contact that they have been potentially exposed to this virus. At this time, the CDC and OSHA are recommending that employers plan for conducting contact tracing once their business reopens. However, the federal government hasn't provided specific instructions on how to conduct that contact tracing. Employers should continue to monitor at the state and local level. Um, That would be, as I mentioned in our last um, conversation, there are resources at the state and local level that may be more specific as to how you should execute on that, depending on your geographic location. So I would definitely recommend um, looking at that. Now, um, moving on from that, if an employer knows that an employee has been diagnosed with COVID-19, Um, That doesn't necessarily implicate HIPAA. So you had asked about HIPAA privacy, um, but it can still, it can still be private medical information and it should still be kept confidential. So um, it kind of depends on what type of uh, health plan you are, whether or not you are a covered entity for HIPAA purposes. Uh, Contact tracing can be performed without identifying the name of the employee and it should be um, done so. At a minimum, an employer should be informing the coworkers, um, possibly clients, vendors, et cetera, that on that certain date, they may have been exposed to COVID-19. Now, as far as OSHA goes, OSHA recently revised the enforcement guidance for recoding cases of COVID, uh, recording cases of COVID-19. Um, the new guidance clarifies that employers are responsible for recording confirmed cases when the cases are work-related. Again, this would apply to employers that are already subject to OSHA recording requirements. OSHA recognizes that it might be difficult for employers to determine whether a COVID-19 illness is work-related. So I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, like, how would I necessarily know that? Um, That's going to be especially true when an employee experiences potential exposure both in and out of the workplace. And it would be very difficult for an employer to necessarily um, be able to say one way or the other. So the guidance does clarify that recording the COVID-19 illness does not in itself mean that the employer has violated any OSHA standard, but it does still need to be recorded. Um, An employer does not need to record a case of COVID-19 if after a reasonable good faith inquiry, that employer cannot determine whether it is more likely than not an exposure in the workplace that caused the illness. Um, So I know that that's kind of given you a a lot of substance there to think about. Uh, Do you have any any follow-up questions about that? No, I think that's that's pretty clear that um, OSHA has has outlined the expectations. And and really, you're going to have to do your due diligence as an employer to make sure that if you're recording it as a a work-related exposure, you know, with that contact tracing we talked about before, you should be able to come to that conclusion. And Sherry, um, I can send you a link to the enforcement guidance that was recently revised with OSHA, and that way you can drop it in the show notes. I think that would be really helpful for people if they have questions about this to take a look at. Yeah, definitely. We will include that in the show notes. Corinne, thank you so much for sharing the details on those compliance-related questions. 
I want to switch gears now to our last panel person, Kate. Um, so your first question, Kate, is how do we deal with the mindset of returning to the office when we've done so great working from home for this amount of time? Thanks, Jerry. That's a really good question. You know, I think the first thing that I would start with is what does really great mean? What is effectively working from home? You know, for some people, it could be, hey, I've been balancing really well with taking care of the other people in my house as well as my job. Does that mean that your workload, though, has shifted? Is it possible that, you know, now your workload is, was, is less than it was before because of everything that is going on? So I think the first thing I would, you know, try and figure out is what is good or what is effective mean? The second thing is I would really start to ask employees, what did they like so much about working from home? You know, shifting a mindset, a big part of that is just gathering data and trying to figure out what people are thinking right now. And so asking people, whether it's through a survey or a live conversation around like, what exactly did you like about working from home? What made you feel like you were doing a really great job? And why did you feel like you were more effective? Um, I think for some people, it'll be, hey, I didn't have to do my commute. I know for me, not commuting to the office every day has been a nice change of pace. Um, I will also tell you that sharing a workspace with other family members is maybe not as nice of a change of pace. So, you know, when you think about things like that, being able to have a conversation with someone asking, you know, kind of what they're thinking will help with that. You know, in terms of the mindset too, transparency is something I always recommend. If you are an employer who is trying to get people back into the office and you're trying to help people get back into that mindset, start by being honest about why you think them being in the office is more helpful to the business. Maybe it's a way to drive more revenue. Maybe it has to do with a customer service angle. But help, let your employees know why you want them there and be transparent about that. Ask them what they think about it. Ask them if they thought they were able to give the same level of service or drive the same amount of revenue from home. And maybe now is the time to actually reevaluate those work from home options. You know, there might be some of you out there who realize, hey, you know what? We actually can work from home a little bit more often. There might be others of you who say, nope, that's definitely not possible. We kind of went the other way. Now is the time to have those conversations and figure out if there is a way to alter either a work schedule or, you know, a work environment based on the needs of the business. You know, for me, the biggest thing when it comes to mindset really is around transparency, asking questions, gathering data, and what does the business actually need for longevity and sustainability? At the end of the day, we all want to keep our jobs through all of this and we want to continue to work for as long, probably as long and as much as we can. So the more we can plan for that now, the more sustainable things will be in the future. I like that you touched on transparency. I think um, throughout all the questions we've talked about on this episode, that's kind of a resounding thing is, you know, how do you be transparent? How do you have good communication? Um, this next question ends up being a hot topic, I think, across the board. We hear it a lot internally. I'm sure other uh, organizations are dealing with it. So how do you encourage employees to take time off right now? Well, that is a hot topic. Uh, definitely hearing it a lot at Velocity. Uh, I'm actually talking a lot about it with other HR leaders, you know, my HR community, local community, um, as well as just my friends. And, you know, for me, I would say personally, what I would tell people right now is it's really tough. And I can empathize with the idea that using a vacation day, whether it's an unpaid or a paid time off day, away from my job when I can't actually go anywhere. I can't take that trip to Florida. Um, I can't go on that long weekend to see friends. 
yeah, it's really, it's hard to think about that. And it's hard to think, why would I want to do that? As an HR leader and as someone who believes really wholeheartedly in resiliency and self-care and strong mental health, I would say now is probably the time more than ever to take that time off. And maybe you're not going to take a full week. Maybe that week that you plan to take the kids to Disney or you plan to go see your best friend um, and go check out California, maybe that's not going to happen. But maybe now is still the time to take a Friday and a Monday and to take really a solid four days and to just recoup. And maybe you're organizing a closet. Maybe you're sitting in front of the couch and finishing, you know, that Netflix series that you just can't get enough of. Whatever the case be, you're doing it for you. Um, now more than ever, people have to be aware of their own mental health. And, you know, this is something, like I said before, that I feel really strongly about. Everybody has mental health. It's how you take care of it. And some of us struggle with our mental health more than others, but we all need to take time for ourselves. And like I said, you can be done in a variety of ways, but if you don't take care of it and you don't take that time off, you're not actually going to be able to be as consistent and sustainable. If you're in a situation right now where you actually feel like you're working more during quarantine um, than not, I know right now, another hot topic people have been talking about is sort of that divide where some people have said there's not enough work and you have a good chunk of people who say, gosh, I feel like I'm working more. Now, I mean, that is the time more than ever to take care of yourself and take that time off. I would also encourage you look at your calendar for the rest of the year. If you um, have an, an employer who doesn't let you allow you to roll time off over and you have to use it before the end of the year, plan it out. Look at your calendar, work it around a holiday, a school holiday, work it around um, a, you know, a personal milestone. Maybe it's a work anniversary. Maybe it's something you celebrate with your family. Um, maybe it's just, hey, you know what? This is a time in the year that I don't feel be as busy. Um, and sort of plan it out. It also gives you something to look forward to. Depending on the state you're in, as things start to open up, maybe you set your sights on, hey, I'm taking that Friday off because that's when restaurants are open and I'm going to go eat out at my favorite place. Something that gives you the ability to know that you're taking care of yourself. Um, if, you know, your employer does allow you to roll the time off over and you guys are on a calendar schedule or a personal anniversary schedule, I would say maybe you're not going to take as much time for yourself because you want to make sure you have it for when you can plan that big trip. Again, plan, use a calendar, take a look, see what that means. Talk to friends and family, see what's going on with them too. Um, I will say for me, I think some of the best things that I've done really in quarantine that I still look forward to is just sitting in the driveway with some of my friends. Don't worry, six feet away. Um, but just having them come over and just kind of hanging out and something that I probably took for granted before, that's something I could plan to look forward to. I know not everybody's me, but I do believe that everybody needs to Take care of themselves. They need to think about their mental health. And taking time off right now is more about setting yourself up for the future. And it's about being, you know, a sustainable, strong contributor to both, you know, your professional life and your personal life. Kate, Corinne, and Christine, thank you so much for spending some time with me today and answering some of these tough questions that have come in from our clients. So um, keep it coming. If you're listening and you have questions you'd like us to answer, you can submit them to. PCTY Talks at paylocity.com. Till next time, thank you.